So today I have Sarah Eidman uh, joining me. Um, uh, known Sarah from the gym for a wee while. She does fitness things and she has done some awesome research on fitness trackers and their effect on uh, the people who use them, both kind of the good and the bad, I guess. So we're going to get into that. So hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Um, I'm just in from the gym, so I'm kind of eating before we talk. But I'm finished now, so that's good. Um, while I do that, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, how long you've been in fitness? What you like to do? All of the yep. good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, my name's Sarah. Um, yeah. So I've been working in the fitness industry for the past four years, kind of three and a half, four years. Um, I started doing group exercise when I was at uni as a kind of part-time job. Um, kind of made sense because I was always doing classes. I loved them and I thought, why not get paid for this? Sounds uh, like a good plan. Yeah, it, it, it worked in really nicely with uni because it is often short hours and it was a part-time job. Um, wasn't as straightforward as I thought. You know, it's a, when you go to a class, you don't see everything that goes in behind it. So mm -hmm. that was uh, interesting to see how all kind of the functions that went on behind it and to be involved in it. And from there, it's just kind of progressed. Um, when I was finishing uni, I went straight into personal training and I've done done personal training, working on gym floor and things from then on. Um, so that's been about a year. I'm trying to remember when I left uni. Oh my goodness, almost <laughs> two years. Wow. Okay. Time flies, um, right? Yeah, it does. Wow. Um, yeah, so um, I was working as PT till COVID happened. And then obviously gym shut. Um, Where about were you doing PT? I was doing it at Village Gym in Edinburgh. So the hotel. Uh, that's one down Ferry Road? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, doing it there. And then, yeah, just over COVID and stuff, I just kind of, I had a few life changes. So I decided I would just do as much as I could online coaching and mm -hmm. go to as close as I could get to full-time group exercise instructor. Cool. So, so you're still yeah. doing online training now with people as well as your group X stuff? Yeah, I've got to, yeah, I just kind of do the online kind of coaching version of it and be there to hold them accountable and support them and so far it's working quite nicely um the guys i've got seem to really like like it and you know when the gyms especially just now when time's quite often short you can just have your program boom go in get out done yeah so yeah it's really good for that um just having that kind of flexibility to work around your schedule right yeah definitely and then they've got that at home options as well some of them are still a bit like don't really want to go back to gyms yet yeah so yeah. they've got that at home as well yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, probably about 70% of my clients are still working out at home. Um, there's kind of a very small number are actually in the gym regularly. Um, and you can totally understand it. It's Everybody's got their their thought process and their, their level of comfort with all this sort of stuff. Um, grand. Yeah. Um, so, um, you did a really cool thesis for your uh, degree all about fitness trackers which is kind of what we're going to talk about today isn't it 
Um, yeah, do you want to give us a kind of brief overview of the of what your research project was about, and then we can kind of get into the various aspects of it. Yeah. So actually, my degree was nothing to do with sport. Um, I done psychology as my degree. Um, that I will probably go and use later on, but it's actually led me really nicely into a lot of the aspects you've become as a PT, you've become a part-time counsellor. <laughs> Absolutely. <So, laughs> Nobody tells you about that part of the job when you start. No, you don't get training in that part. So no. it means I've got a little bit of a heads up, which is nice. Um, but yeah, so a lot of, yeah, I kind of, my two passions are psychology and fitness, obviously. So I wanted to have a, a dissertation that kind of tied them in together um, because it helps when you're spending that amount of time on something to have something that you're, you're personally invested in and mm -hmm. interested in. So I picked, we started off at a totally different um, kind of design and then we got to where I finished and I ended up looking at the psychological impact of fitness trackers. So a lot of the research out there was very positive influence and I wanted to kind of see if there was any negative aspects tied in with kind of those that use fitness trackers religiously mm -hmm. so rather than just what a lot of people quite often just have it is you know it is more of an accessory to a lot of people's training but some people use it religiously and that was kind of the more the aspect that i was interested in yeah yeah because it is they are kind of marketed as being a must-have accessory for training and all the positive things that they can help you with. And I guess there is that aspect of it, right? They can be a very useful tool, but you never hear about the downside to these things. Yeah, I think um, it's, especially in the fitness industry, we don't talk, I mean, it's so much of it is we don't talk about the negative aspects almost of exercise in the fitness industry mm -hmm. a lot of the time and kind of the impact that has on us. Um, but especially the trackers, it's kind of, we, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine my, I used to go running and not, I didn't, I was like, how did I know my distance? How did I know my times? I don't understand this. Like what, yeah. what was the point? Um, so I feel like since fitness trackers have kind of came about, even I can see it in my training, how it's completely changed the kind of boundaries. It's no longer about just doing it for the sake of doing it. It's ticking a box. Yeah. And I don't know, kind of doing it for the data, maybe? Is that yeah, reasonable? We've, yeah, we've definitely we've got this opportunity to now get a lot of data, um, which is great. But also, there, when you look back at the research and stuff as well, it's like, well, why do we need this? <laughs> we don't actually need it. Yeah, and most people will never look at the data in such a way as to make it useful. Yeah, exactly. They're just collecting stuff. They're like, you know the stories you hear in the newspaper about some older person who's passed away and they go in and their house is filled with like old newspapers and bags of stuff. Yeah. It's like the fitness version of that, almost. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, people don't know, they'll, they'll look at it and they'll be obsessed with, with certain numbers, but not actually know what it even means. Yeah, or how to adjust the training because of it. accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like, I looked through your dissertation. Um, 
and I have to admit that a lot of it was right above my head. So it's above my head now. <laughs> lots of lots of words that I had to Google, um, which is fine. I used to be um, smart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you still are. Um, but let's go into it. So um, I'm just I've got it here on my tablet here. So um, so you kind of you you, you got the was it five people you had in the. Yeah, we had five participants. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you came across a lot of quite negative outcomes for those folks. So negative emotions, low self-esteem, yeah. unhappy with their appearance, um, constant need to improve. Yeah. The one that I found really interesting, those are obviously major factors, but the one I wanted to kind of look at first um, was the disembodiment idea, mm-hmm. the kind of the lack of being, the lack of the ability to kind of listen to their own body and and understand how fatigued they were or how ready to go they were, and almost having to use their fitness tracker to tell them what they felt. Yeah, is that a fairly common? Um, result from people kind of being overly reliant on fitness trackers do you think i think it's becoming not even as overly overly reliant it's it's putting i think a lot of people are then putting how they actually feel to one side so you know i i have an apple watch and it never tells you to take a rest day but it congratulates right. you if you complete all your rings. So if you meet your calorie goal for every day, it's like, yes, well done. You've got it. Well done. Okay. It never, the watches don't have the setting off. You need to recover. You need to reset. You need to take a day of stretching and recovery. Mm-hmm. So then people are, as I mean, as humans, we kind of addicted to that dopamine hit of, oh, well done. You've got a tick. You've got this. You've got that. And, you know, when you complete your rings, you're like, oh, yeah, done. Okay, days, mm-hmm. that, that, that's good. Yeah. Um, you get a little pat on the back for getting it done. Yeah, you get a little, there you go, you've made your rings today. And it comes up with a little star and tells you, like, well done. And you're like, oh, thanks. Um, but then it'll never tell you to take a rest day, take a down mm-hmm. day. Um, so people are then turning, I think a lot of people are turning their emotional switch off of how they then connect to the body. And even if the body's really tired or fatigued and stuff, they won't tend to listen to it as much anymore. Okay. Um, and it's kind is of that... splitting that. Yeah. Okay. Is that like um, they're just no longer aware of it, or they are maybe aware that they're tired, but their desire to get that little dopamine hit, a little pat on the back, overrides that feeling, and they go and get it done anyway. Yeah, we kind of got um, two kind of a bit of both, to be honest. We kind of got somebody that was like uh, telling us that the the consequences of kind of not meeting those daily goals just mm-hmm. brought our anxiety up so high that it didn't matter if she was tired or whatever, she'd still go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just completely kind of just taking all the kind of your internal awareness of your body away and placing it onto a watch um, or a tracking device mm-hmm. um, so that they could just, once that number was hit, they were like, yes, okay, done. No matter how tired they were. 
Right. So, yeah, it's kind of taken away. I mean, so much of it, we forget that our minds and our bodies are so connected. And it's taken away that awareness almost of, is my body tired or am I lying to myself? And can I just get this done anyway? Mm-hmm. Which there's a time and a place for definitely, you know, just get Absolutely. up and do it and you'll feel better for it. Yeah. But you don't necessarily have to kick the beans out of every session. Yeah. And you just don't to get to that little it. gold star. Yeah, um, seven days a week, every, yeah. every week. You know? and it's, there is definitely a place for sometimes you just have to lace up your shoes yeah. and go get it done. Yeah. You know, it's, okay. the, it's the difference between, um, I don't know, is it the difference between maybe fatigue and tiredness? Yeah, or just general can't be botheredness, to be honest. You know, yeah. Yeah. sometimes you can't be bothered and you go and do it and you actually feel 10 times better after. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose, I guess, the, the watch takes away your ability to kind of have that choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Um, the, what was the other one that we're looking at? The quantification of li- lived experiences. So that's kind of, kind of what we're talking about, right? It's the, the collection of data and proof that you've done something rather than the enjoyment of taking part is that what that leads to or is yeah i think um some of the research kind of was shown that if people were you know to, to be honest i'm the same i'm like oh man if you forget to hit start on a worker or something you're like oh yeah. it didn't really doesn't really count or whatever <laughs> you know oh man didn't, didn't count if you didn't track it like come yeah. on like you didn't go and run if you didn't put it on Facebook, right? Exactly. Well, I don't go for a run anyway, so... <laughs> you don't um, run. <laughs> I don't yeah. put it on Facebook if I go for a run, but... I've not, had, I've, I've not really of... had the pizza if I don't Instagram it. <laughs> that if, you don't, if you don't Instagram a deadlift, did it happen? There we go. Well, but no, probably not. No. 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 <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind of taken away... Yeah, people are like, it didn't, didn't, didn't count. Um, mm-hmm. But also we're taking again different devices there's so now some kind of you know trackers are changing um and are maybe actually doing it more based on the body effects of things but it's you know if you don't meet your heart rate or you don't meet this the steps of the day or whatever you're like oh that day's a failure it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but actually you know you could have been having to sit at a desk for nine hours you could have had something else on it could have been raining you could have done a really heavy lifting session and mm-hmm. be absolutely exhausted but lifted doesn't give you steps. You know what I mean? So a lot yeah. of people are then giving it on the the numbers they can see mm-hmm. rather than the effort. I mean, you can go for a walk and just dawdle about the place and no effort's really required. Yeah. For some. But that might actually give them more of a dopamine hit than having a really good session. Yeah. Because they've got numbers to prove it. So, so they could walk, wander around not really doing much of anything, get their 10,000 steps, but it doesn't really... Well, I mean, it counts, but it, it's not the same as is going for an intentional fast yeah, walk like or... they, they might pick that over a high intensity kind of lifting or any kind of like stationary session mm-hmm. because they'll get numbers from it you know what right. i mean so um okay yeah um so in that way it kind of it almost leads them on their fitness choices based on the numbers that they can gather rather than the training outcome that they really want to see. 
Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's like anything. If you post, if you're wanting to post on social media, and you've got a picture, but you know it's not going to give you that many likes, you might not put that one up. You'll pick another yeah. picture that gets more likes, so you have yeah. that like actual physical evidence of whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So where Instagram or Facebook give you the likes and that stuff, your fitness tracker is giving you a gold star or a, a yep. tick against the day because you've you've achieved numbers. Um, whether it's a, I don't want to say worthwhile, but whether it's taking you closer to your goal or not. Yeah, I think we can lose sight of the your actual goals and kind of get caught up in. Yeah. Yeah, other goals, other stuff, just background yeah. noise. But we get caught up in the background noise rather than what means something. Yeah, like, we're we're pretty bad at that in general, aren't we? We kind of get. Caught up with the bullshit and, and forget about the the big rocks that will actually kind of make a difference. Um, do you think part of that is like I always say to clients like if if you know there's a billion supplements out there you can spend a fortune on supplements that don't really do anything but make you feel a little bit better because it feels like you're taking action and you're throwing money at the problem. Is a fitness tracker similar to that? You know, you're 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 throwing money at it. You're collecting a lot of stuff, but it's not actually making much of a difference because we don't know how to make a difference. Or would that not really? Yeah, I don't know. I think in some cases, possibly, because you know, you you buy a watch, and I don't know, maybe you feel like I'm doing fitness. I've got a fitness watch. Yeah. Um, I've also got the new shoes and the new yeah training gear and all the rest of it, but don't really know what I'm doing anyway. Yeah, and uh, I yeah, I do think if you're if you're have a swing to a kind of obsessive personality or addictive personality, you can get addicted to something that doesn't mean a lot, but it means then a lot to you. Mm-hmm. So then it it changes the meaning of what you're trying to achieve. So it might not mean anything to you, and it might just be that background noise kind of the faff. Mm-hmm. But um the the meaning and the importance of it in your own life mm-hmm. then increases a lot. Okay. So I think they're I mean they're a great tool for so many people and I mean even for you know if you're starting out and you're just trying to hit your ten thousand steps purely just to make sure you're moving and even mm-hmm. for you know if you're especially working from home now, if you're literally not leaving a house and thinking, I gotta leave this house, something yeah. needs to get me there. It's a great goal to think, right, I just want to, even not even 10,000, you know, some people like, get my 5,000 steps in. That's yeah. great. Yeah. The difference between doing 5,000 steps and sitting on your ass at the kitchen table with your laptop all day, it's yeah. massive. Yeah. yeah. And I think even for, it's more like it's mentally as well, it gets you out, it gets you moving, doing something. Yeah. But I suppose it's what is the main and in, in value of the numbers and stuff that you get from them kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. On that theme, then, um, what are would you have some kind of um, guidelines, I guess, on how people can get the most out of their fitness trackers, smartwatches, whatever, um, without it becoming just a box ticking exercise? Do you have any yeah, sort of think... advice on that? <laughs> I don't have any evidence. It's just what my personal thoughts would be on it. Yeah. Um, I think probably you have to be very mindful of your personality type. Mm-hmm. 
if you're somebody who has an addictive personality to and likes to see evidence of that mm-hmm. pick something that has more of a feel so like i've got an apple watch that is very numbers focused but there's things like a foot band that they've started or there's another one i think it's a quantum ring that they more measure your daily strain like they don't even count your steps it's like your your strain which can be affected by sleep stress it kind of goes into your heart rate variability you know it's picking a device that's that's beneficial to you and that you know that as more of these devices come out i think we will see maybe more problems occur with them so it's trying to pick one that would suit you okay so kind of if you're kind of an addictive personality type, you'd maybe go for something like a whoop band, which is yeah. kind of HRV readiness to go, and you can adjust your training based on that. Or yeah. if it's a step thing, it's something that just counts steps. Yeah, I mean, if it's a just to get, if, you, if you're getting hard, started, if you're out, just getting started, just use your phone. Why waste money on a watch? Just go use good your point. phone. Because most phones um, have them built in, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. I think that there's a thing of it being on your wrist is. I think I don't know if I talked about it in my dissertation or if it was um, a side paper that we were doing. It's like an extension of yourself, and because it's on your watch is on you, it is literally like an extension of you. Mm-hmm. So, if you can have it on your phone, fair enough, your phone might not be in your pocket all the time, and you might miss a few hundred steps or whatever. But it takes away of it playing such a big part of you. I think. Okay. Because it is separate, and it's not that yeah. kind of extension of your your arm. Yeah, it's not an extension of self. Okay. Um, so the whoop band is something I've seen quite a lot of stuff on. So that's HRV, um, kind of readiness to go, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. Um, have you looked much into that? Yeah, so I've whoop actually have an amazing amount of research. Um, <laughs> sound like I'm sponsored by them. <laughs> I don't have a discount code, honestly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the thing with your HRV is heart rate variability, and that's kind of that can be affected by so much, like your stress, like especially for females, like where you are in your menstrual cycle, will affect that and things. Mm-hmm. So it it kind of takes maybe more into account, and it takes your sleep into account and things. Um, but I mean, your HRV that's kind of if you've got it's quite cool because if you there's a there's quite cool pictures and graphs and stuff out there that it kind of fights between two parts of the brain. Um, and one part is trying to get your heart rate up, which is your like kind of fight or flight system, like what you'll do when you're running and things. Mm-hmm. And then your other part is what wants to slow your heart rate down when you're chilling out and things. Okay. And it's a difference between that. Right. So if you take it back to like old school days, like caveman days, it's like mm-hmm. your readiness to run or your readiness to go and hunt or you know it's it's that aspect of how ready are you and then where can we go and when you're ready so right so it's kind of like a not a survival mechanism but uh like you see kind of readiness to handle whatever's coming at you yeah on any given day yeah um and i suppose something like that makes it much more easy to manipulate your training and adjust yeah. your training on a daily basis rather than just being numbers driven and just hammering away at something you can kind of step back a little bit if your hrv i forget with hrv is hrv low is you're not ready to go 
the higher the score, the yes, more ready the you higher, are. The higher the variability, the better. Yeah. yeah. So a high, high HRV score that morning suggests that that heavy deadlift day is, is going to be fine. But if it's kind of a really low score, then maybe you're going to take a recovery day or you know do a yeah. little bit of, kind of low-intensity cardio or something like that. Yeah, and I think the, the one thing, again, with the whip is it's on a few podcasts I listen to, which is why I know so much about it. <laughs> um, it has like a journaling side to it as well. So you add in all the kind of how you're feeling and you can rate your performance and things. And um, yeah, it just takes into account a little bit more than just the numbers. I so think. you've got a bit of context around those numbers. That yeah. And it if you're, you. Yeah. Yeah. So does that then that then um, builds over time? Yeah, so with a whoop, it takes a while to get used to, I think. And then um, once it's used to what your kind of activity levels and stuff are, it'll then adjust to that. So yeah, if you, if you know, say for like yourself that trains a lot, it'll then know that you train a lot and it kind of gets that and that's just what you're dealing. But then if you had a really heavy day, it would probably acknowledge that more um, okay. type thing. So it kind of sets up a baseline for you based on, yeah. you know, month or whatever of, of data and then adapts from there. Yeah. That's very clever. Mm-hmm. And I suppose as the technology kind of improves, you're going to get better feedback on stuff and all the rest yeah. of it. But the underlying issue there. with some of the trackers is still going to be there, right? So yep. um, you have to kind of be a bit more aware of, of what you're picking. Yeah, I mean, even under the whoop and stuff, you know, I've listened to a podcast that has um, Amelia Boone, who's a an ultra runner, and okay. she has also she's recovered from an eating well, is in recovery from an eating disorder, and she was talking about the whoop bands and stuff. And through her journey, she's kind of decided that actually she shouldn't use any kind of tracking without, apart from when she's racing, because you know sometimes when you're if you're doing like a running race, you kind of want to know roughly how far you've got to go at the finish line, right? <laughs> when am I going to stop? Um, if you run <laughs> well yeah. um, I'll take your but, word on that one because you've done a yeah. whole lot more running than I have <laughs> she was saying that um, you know so with whoop and stuff it gives you your recovery and you can either have a green red a uh, green amber or red mm-hmm. like so green's like you're good to go amber's like red, red's like take a rest day yeah. but she was saying like even for her like she'd want to be like how low like how much in the red can she get and how much can she still thrive on that okay so there is still so there's still potential big issues there yeah. of how far, how, just how far, like you say, how far could you push it and how far could you... Um... Yeah, essentially it's how far can you actually keep pushing yourself and how far can you go. But again, it's a small percentage of people probably that that'll affect. But yeah, but that can that lead to some fairly major problems for those people. Major, yeah. And I think the small percentage that we're seeing just now, could it has a massive um, potential to increase. Mm-hmm. things yeah yeah i suppose the whole kind of interconnectedness of things yeah. is going to drive that quite a lot isn't it um okay in a way kind of the listening to your body and listening to a device instead is quite yeah. yeah and do you know roughly how if someone was in that kind of trap of um only listening to their watch and relying on it for telling them how they feel and what they should be doing. If that was to be taken away, how long does it take for someone to get back to being able to listen to themselves and kind of be able to trust themselves as that kind of a very independent or not independent, uh, 
Um, I clearly not had enough caffeine today. Um, <laughs> is that kind of a, a kind of individual thing, um, or is there, is there much data on that? Uh, you know? I couldn't find any data on that. It'd be interesting to do. Mm-hmm. It would be a, maybe a next study. Um, there might be a kind of a slight ethical dilemma there of just taking someone's crutch away from them and, and making them suffer. Not, not if they want to give it up. No. If they want to give up, yeah, there you go. There's a way around it. I, I've been through the ethics board. There's ways around everything. Because <laughs> uh, they're a nightmare to get ethics passed. It's horrendous. Um, so you have to be very careful on how you word things. Um, yeah, I I couldn't really find... There's not... I think it's still so up and coming, all this stuff. that, mm-hmm. And also the big companies don't really want to show any negative aspects of them. Because for capital, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, that'll affect their dollar. Um but you know, I had a, I had one of my friends who hers broke, and she decided, you know, what, I'm not going to get another one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she just listened. suddenly uh, her workouts were changing as well because she wasn't constantly trying to check her watch, check her heart rate, see where everything was. It was just, I'll do this workout to the best of my abilities, and that's Fantastic. that. But I think a lot of it is probably very individual. Um, and to take that jump to actually give up a watch is probably when you when you kind of if you if you're susceptible to looking at the best thing to do would be like I wonder like just take it off for a week and see the, what's the worst that can happen. Not very much, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you might lose your streak, and then you don't want to lose a six hundred day streak. That would just be devastating. So. Well, yeah, but then you might also come to the realization that that six hundred day streak didn't really. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change you as a person. So it might be the best thing that ever happens. Yep. Um, grand. Um, so the other kind of negative effects that went into your dissertation or came from your dissertation um, was kind of this kind of low self-esteem, mm-hmm. unhappiness with appearance, um, and the constant need to improve the, themselves. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So I get the kind of disembodiment and the lack of kind of internal awareness of what's going on. How, yeah, how does the use of the watch then lead to kind of self-esteem issues and all the rest of it? Is it constant trying to prove that they're capable or is it something else that's driving that, do you think? Um, well, I think the, the thing is important to say, kind of, in, in, well, in my research, we'd done it with people who were obsessive with their devices. So that was like uh, a kind of thing that they had to be to be in, in the kind of study. Um, so for many people, obviously, they, that won't be an issue. Okay. Um, and with the research, it is predominantly, so far, it's been predominantly females that are really affected by it. However, one, the research is probably biased to that. And, you know, females are more likely to speak out about it as well. Yeah, I was going to say, um, is that because most guys wouldn't admit to being... Admit to that, yeah. So I think even the research that is starting to appear, it has to be taken very... There's still a lot missing. Okay. But um, I think, yeah, on the negative emotions side, it was kind of, they were giving people a kind of their goals. They were seeking confirmation of their efforts from the watch rather than themselves finished thinking that was a good session today mm-hmm. they were okay. thinking the watch is saying 
you didn't like your heart rate that wasn't great um that kind of thing was something that yeah it was just once everything was done a lot of people felt a sense of relief after it and you know their their watch wasn't hitting their goals and stuff they were getting this anxiety um so in that sense it was effects and their kind of self-esteem self-worth because they were seeking again that dopamine hit from the watch being like you did good today so it's like kind of external validation of what they're doing rather than their being happy and proud of what they've done themselves yeah i think again that's that kind of mind body disconnection that they don't really know now when they're given 100% because they're relying on something else right um but yeah I mean for the I mean we did use all females as well for this so kind of for the aspects of appearance a lot of it wasn't even about the trackers you know it was just coming down to I suppose the fitness industry and community in itself which is kind of skewed very one very much yeah. one way isn't it yeah if you yeah that's that's another podcast in itself <laughs> well that's that's probably a whole series of podcasts right oh, there oh my goodness of course it's yeah it um it's interesting if, if i don't know if you follow ben carpenter he's I talked a bit about that like he's a i think he's an influencer he's a really smart guy um ex kind of fitness magazine cover model ripped pretty much all year round mm-hmm. um but he's got crohn's and mm-hmm. when he's at his leanest is when he's having a flare-up and yep. he can't eat he has digestive issues he feels like crap and all the rest of it but people looking out from the outside will see that and will be like well what do i have to do to look like yeah. you because we'll get a life-changing kind of illness and you know you'll yep. be sorted um and it's that kind of skewed perception of, of what we should be aiming for Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of is way well I don't want to say it's way worse for women because I just don't think you hear about as many guys talk about it no. um, which completely skews a lot of, of your perception as to how things should be um, oh, so, yeah, you, totally. so the fitness watch feedback loop just kind of plays into that doesn't it and, and kind of amplifies it yeah I think um, definitely and even you know with kind of what we're fed through media and stuff, what we're fed, <laughs> no pun intended, because um, I was about to be like, you know, trying to, like now is this big focus on losing weight for COVID and stuff and, you know, burning calories or watching what you eat or hitting things. Oh yeah, like that kind of, what was that? Michael Mosley? Disgrace that was on Netflix or Channel 4 or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. Um, yeah. So, people you know, who are massively stressed and then make them feel shit about themselves. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, that's really what you're going to focus on in a global pandemic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the watch on, on that is just, it kind of makes, oh, here we go. I'm just, I was looking for kind of a quote thing that I put down. Um, and it was like, you were kind of using the watch to hold you accountable to kind of any kind of indulgent behaviors, any kind of things that you felt that, almost really pleasurable like going out for drinks and stuff you kind of be like "Mm, maybe i shouldn't because the watch might not like that as well so it was even manipulating like those kind of things um interesting yeah it when you look into it it's wild but you know it's just a constant reminder i suppose of of many people to to kind of 
that they're not enough because they have to rely on this thing to kind of keep improving them and yeah yeah well it's a minefield oh <laughs> you have no idea the amount of time i spent researching this Woo. Um, okay so we've talked a lot about the negatives we've kind of covered a couple of the positives of kind of helping you kind of hit steps if that's a goal um, using something like an HRV band um, to help with the readiness side of things and helping you kind of figure out when you should recover um, and also the thought of maybe taking a step back from a fitness tracker if it's becoming too much of an of an issue um, I had a question there and I thought I'd written it down but I haven't this is an incredibly professionally run podcast. <laughs> obviously, tell. Quite all right. Um, so Post we're just going to forget that that question even existed because there was one. Yeah, there was one, but I'll maybe message you it later if it's I can gone. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. Then um, I've taken quite a lot of your afternoon, so thank you right. for taking the time. Um, where can people find you on social media and where can people, uh, if you're taking on new online clients, where can people kind of find out all about that sort of stuff? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at wellbeinginsideout. Okay. Um, and I'm on Facebook as well. I think wellbeing underscore insideout. Um, yeah, any questions on this stuff, hit me up. Uh, Happy days. I love a good psychological... Uh, underlying stuff so yeah just um yeah that's kind of where you'd find me I think. okay then i will put the links into the show notes so that people can find you if they so wish um so definitely do that if you're interested in all things fitness grant amazing thank you for taking the time thank you very much appreciated um i will let you go and uh get back to whatever you're going to be doing this weekend Awesome. Thank you very All right. much. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, just a quick message to say thank you once again. And if you have any feedback for the episode or any questions on it, um, please get in touch. Also, if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear me cover, um, I would appreciate you uh, letting me know. Um, and I'll be happy to do it. Um, I would also uh, like to ask a favour, and that is... If you enjoy the podcast, please share it. Please uh, go to wherever you get your podcast, leave it a rating um, and a review if you can. Um, it helps me get the information out to a few more people and it's uh, massively appreciated. So that's all for me. Have a great day. Talk to you next time.